Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. I've been so fortunate. We talked about this a little bit in the last uh, segment uh, with the body of believers, right? And uh, that moment that I was describing of being at the office and just feeling alone and uncertain and unsettled, I got a text from a very good friend that morning and he said, hey, like, what are you, what are you doing for lunch? Like, or can we have coffee? Right. And it was just like, just like God, right? Mm, Here, yep. here's this friend of yep. mine. He, he showed up right on time. It is a journey so many have been on and all of us have been affected by cancer, either directly or indirectly. Well, David Stay is Pastor Paul's guest today, talking about how a stage four diagnosis has impacted his own life and those of people around him. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, welcome. It's so good to have you on Life Support. And what we do on this program is we love to tell stories, stories about how God is working in the lives of his people and how he is faithful and good. And I want to encourage you with that again today. And our guest was here last time. He's got an incredible story. His name is David Stay. He's a financial advisor. He's a friend. Uh, He has been uh, battling cancer for quite some time. And David, thanks for the courage to come on and to tell us about it because I know it's a very personal journey too. You're welcome. It's great to be back here. Yeah, and and so uh, five years ago you got some news you never expected. That's right. Yeah, five years ago we were uh, unexpectedly diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and uh, as I think we talked about in the last session, the uh, the tumor in my colon had spread to my liver, and that means you're stage four, right? You've got so-called metastatic disease, and your life is a bit upside down. Yeah, and you're you're not a person who um, you take your health seriously. You had done all the right things. You'd done your yearly physical, checked the box. Yep, yep, yeah. And yep. all of a sudden, bam, out of nowhere. Yep, yeah. I was uh, like you say, an annual physical guy every year. Um, my wife Lori uh, is a, a very faithful to make regular meals for our families, and so we 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 ate regular you know meals, and uh, she's kind of comes from a family that loves to walk. And so we're real walkers. We love to walk the neighborhood and just get to know our neighbors that way. And so, yeah, I mean, at least it, it seemed on the outside we were doing the right things and um, and uh, and living a, a pretty, uh, pretty full spiritual life mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. So we had a, a tremendous uh, community of support, lots of friends, plenty of nearby family, right? And so things were uh, – were, were, seemingly going really great <laughs> right and <laughs> on and, the surface yeah and you know i mean you're you're living a normal life basically if there is such a thing mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this new news pops into your life and now you've got to deal with this okay you know what's next and what's next and what's next mm-hmm. now tell me um i've been on this journey but not as the person with the disease i've been a caregiver for someone and i so i kind of know those ups and downs but what's it like Um, to have to um, know that you've got this mountain to climb and when you get up there you might be faced with another valley and another mountain and another mountain Mm -hmm. how did you grapple with that emotionally and spiritually knowing that this journey was not going to be easy yeah that's a great question you know it's uh it's a marathon i think is one of the you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of proverbial marathon not a sprint um 
that's one of the first things that comes to my mind. I think the other thing that came to my mind as you were asking was just one day at a time. You know, the um, uh, the the verse or there, there's a passage that's written in my in my journal. I was two or three months before the diagnosis, and it was some. I'll loosely paraphrase the psalmist. It says something like, you know, teach us to number our days mm-hmm. that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And and that's really what it's been like. It's been you know trusting God one day at a time, um, you know, one day at a time, one uh, healthy habit at a time, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, one treatment at a time, you know, if, if it's a treatment season, um, one scan at a time. And so, yeah, and, and you know, I think, you know, part of what you're alluding to as well and, and, and that you know is that it hasn't been a smooth trip. It wasn't like yeah. we just arrived, yeah. right, you know, 12 mm-hmm. months after the diagnosis and it's mm-hmm. just been smooth sailing. There have been a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So those are the first couple of things. Here's the other thing that I think a lot of people in, in our shoes articulate is um, even if you're not alone, Right? You can have a great family. I'm married to Lori, and we've got these two kids, and we're a part of this church community here, and mm-hmm. we've been so warmly embraced over the last five years, and a lot of friends. Um, there are real moments of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, there are times when it almost feels better to be in some kind of a treatment protocol, right? Yeah. Because some of the uncertainty you mm-hmm. know, that really surrounds you, you almost feel better in a strange way, like, we're doing something. Yeah, you're working on something. Right? There's some structure there. Yeah, right. There's some structure. There's a plan. Yeah. Um, and one of the moments that popped into my head was a moment that I was having at the office one day with uh, just uh, just it was a Monday morning, and I'm not a real big Monday morning guy in the first place for whatever reason. It kind of catches up with me, and mm-hmm. um, I just felt really, really alone. And I was, by every indication, in a great spot. I was no evidence of disease. I was in so-called remission. And uh, I just I just woke up with a with a just a tremendous sense of loneliness after mm-hmm. the house had kind of cleared out, and just a, a, a real feeling of of uncertainty and just kind of feeling unsettled. And we can talk a little bit about how you know how we've worked through some of that. If that yeah yeah, that and I uh, it reminds me of a of a movie that I saw and nobody else has seen it. I think I was the only person in the theater, but it was uh, it was called The Apostle, and it, it was. Um, a Robert Duvall movie, and he played this uh, traveling preacher whose wife cheated on him, Farrah Fawcett. Bad idea to marry her in the first place. <laughs> um, but there's this wonderful scene where he's in a room, and life has caught up to him. Right? He's 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 acted out. He's done. You know, his wife's gone, and he just has it out with God. Mm. It's well acted, well written, hmm. very very powerful. Hmm. Did you have moments like that where you just said, God? Hmm. We need to talk. Yeah. And did you feel free to talk to God? Yeah. You know, so can I sh- let me share both sides yeah. of that. So yeah. The first thing that, that I, I was thinking about, but now you made me think of something that really is worth sharing. Like, you know, like what a great movie critic I am. <laughs> like, I got to go see that movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so I've been so fortunate. We talked about this a little bit in the last uh, segment. Uh, with the body of believers, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that moment that I was describing of being at the office and just feeling alone and uncertain and unsettled, I I got a text from a very good friend that morning, and he said, hey, like, what are you you doing for lunch? Like, or can we have coffee, right? And it was just like, just like God, right? Mm -hmm. Here's this friend of mine. He he showed up right on time. And I remember meeting him at 
actually the place I was at this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, plug for People's Organic in uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Yes. I, I was there this morning. I was there uh, at that time several years ago. And my friend met me. And no sooner than we met and we locked eyes at the table, I just started to cry. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here's my friend um, just kind of helping me get put back together. Mm-hmm. Right and just helping me, uh, reminding me of the faithfulness of God, the promises of God. So there have been so many of those well-timed, you know, kind of God moments where yeah. I've just been cared for. Yeah. Um, but you did remind me of a, of a moment just just recently, actually, where, um, and I can't even remember what it was that uh, that that set me off. But here are Lori and I, and uh, we're we're out on a walk. We're out on one of these neighborhood walks that I talked about in the last segment. And it's just been a day. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe been a couple of days. I, I can't really remember. But sometime in the last two, three months here, as we had been down to MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, had come back with another bump in the road, right? And we'd, we'd, we'd gotten firmly established in some kind of a treatment plan. And, uh, and I just, uh, I, I, I think I just kind of had enough, mm-hmm. you know, after after five years of, Having been on this journey, and I and I and we're walking the neighborhood, and this is something I, I wouldn't be very proud of, but but I know that I just kind of lost it, as some mm-hmm. people, sure. as some people might say, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I kind of exploded uh, with with uh, just a, a frustration, and it wasn't necessarily like an angry sh- kind of shaking of my of my fist at God, but I I'm fairly sure that I did take His name uh, mm. probably a bit out of context in that moment, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been proud of it if somebody well, had been looking on. Yeah. And I almost just, like, laid down in the front yard of one of the neighbors and just said to Lori, like, just leave me here. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Like, it's just too much right now. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that... Uh, that's one of those moments that people don't see, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're real. And, it's and, very and, real. It, and God can... God can handle that. And boy, when I'm reading the Psalms in the morning, and I, I try to, along with my other reading, try to do one Psalm and one proverb every morning, mm-hmm. um, David is outright seemingly disrespectful in some of those Psalms. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's going after God. Like, where are you? Why did you do this? Why aren't you killing my enemies? You know? And then I stop and I remember David knew God very well. Yeah. And he knew himself. Yeah. And he was sure, I think, that he could write that and pray that, and God wasn't going to like be, um, you know, he wasn't going to be afraid. He wasn't going to run away. Right. And and so that moment you had was probably a wonderful opportunity for you just to again experience God's grace and and His goodness because He was right there with you the whole time. I doubt He was too caught off guard by that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's such a good way of putting it. You know, mm-hmm. I just remember the rest of that walk. First of all, Lori gave me a tremendous amount of grace. Sure. Um, I I think that's probably uh, the least that we've ever spoken on a walk. Right, and we had just sort of set out. We were maybe twenty five percent of the way through the walk, mm-hmm. and uh, not a lot said. Um, it did give me an opportunity to to sort of like I, I felt inclined to repent a bit, you know, just for, um, just what felt kind of ugly, yeah, you know, sure. to me, I guess, in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you said something there that I guess I just I, I really I listened to, and I think it bears repeating. This idea that. God is not caught off guard. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that um, that I guess I would I would encourage, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, as, as we kind of as they might be thinking about 
how to receive somebody you know, that's in my shoes and what might they say? Yeah. One of the most poignant things that was ever said to me was said almost immediately after the diagnosis. And this person said, number one, and this is a strong word, but they said, you know, I hate to hear that this has happened to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I really do. Like I, there's a sympathy here. Like I, 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 uh, um, like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pained with you. Yeah. But then there was also this idea, like you said, that God is not caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, all throughout this story for us from the very beginning, the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Right? And I think what you're saying it's is... It's a big deal. God can handle it. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Like, um, when I've, uh, you know, when I've gone through my major two things, my wife dying and my son getting killed, you know, I I never really stopped to consider that God didn't see those coming mm-hmm. because I know he did. Yeah. Now, what I did struggle with was the deep, tragic, Loss and the and the pain of the soul and the darkest nights of my life, yeah. but I never doubted the presence of God and I never doubted that God knew what He was doing. It's strange because I should have doubted all of that because, like you, I wasn't expecting any of this. We'll be back with Pastor Paul and David Stay in just a moment. Trauma is a topic of this program week to week, and there's a website that can help all of us. Learn how to come alongside others who are going through pain and suffering. It's lifesupportresources.org. The registration is free, and you'll have hundreds of video access, group resources. Registration is free, and you'll have access to hundreds of videos, group resources, and webinars from mental health professionals. Again, the site is www.lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. I never doubted the presence of God, and I never doubted that God knew what he was doing. It's strange, because I should have doubted all of that, because like you, I wasn't expecting any of this. But again, it goes to kind of this this power of the Holy Spirit that's in you, that you develop this relationship with God. And then when when lightning strikes, the Holy Spirit just kind of like shows up in new ways. And unless you've been through something like that, or hearing the news, or trying to fight this battle that you've been through, which I think is why Scripture speaks to this, um, the positive side of suffering, Mm -hmm. you really don't know that about God Mm -hmm. until you've actually had to. Now, I don't wish this on anybody. Right. Like, neither of us would. I don't either. Right? But I wouldn't trade the experience with God for anything, which sounds very morbid. Yeah, you're, you're you're sounding a lot like uh, the the scripture that comes to my mind is Psalm 119 that yeah. says something like you know if I hadn't been afflicted I wouldn't love your word. There you go, and, like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Paul, you're right. There are there are so many good answers in scripture. I had a friend ask recently as we were walking the neighborhood. He said, "Why didn't you? Why didn't you just pack it in?" Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would have, and nobody would have blamed them. Yep. Right. And and to your point, um, there are such great answers for what God is doing in our suffering in, in the scriptures. I think of the book of Genesis and Joseph's life. Yeah. Right. Um, I think of the book of John and, you know, the, the, the man that's born blind from birth. And, you know, Jesus said mm-hmm. this happened that the works of God would be displayed in his life. Right. Right. And so uh, if if. Uh, if this were all meaningless, yeah, right, uh, what we've been going through for the last five years would be a lot harder to uh, to navigate, right? But but we know that 
there's great purpose in it, and that God truly is, as the, the author of Romans says, working all things, right, all things for our good. Yeah. And I remember in each of these situations, you know, you coming to a crossroad, and you have that decision to make. Um, and maybe Satan's whispering some of this into your ear, you know, am I going to stay with God mm. or am I going to bail? And I felt each time like Peter, <laughs> Peter, what are you going to do? Well, where else, where else am I going to go? And that was so stark to me. Like, there is no place else to go. Right. God is the only thing that matters. Yeah. And so, you know, I would just look at God and say, I'm in this thing. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make, you know, make mistakes, but I'm here with you. And, and he was always just saying, like, yeah, don't worry. I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the, the thing I, I tell people a lot is through both of these experiences, and I'm sure you relate to this, is that my, my roots have gr- grown deep Yes. to the point now where I don't even think I ask that question anymore. Right. You know, the, the, <clears throat> the moment that you just called to mind, I hadn't even thought about Peter, but mm-hmm. I thought about David, as you said, in the Psalms, mm-hmm. in Psalm 16, when he said, preserve me, O God, yeah. for in you I take refuge. And then he went on to say, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, and I have no good apart from you. And that, that development in my life from... Uh, a place that perhaps at, at, at a moment, and maybe rightly so, people would say, you know, where I felt like maybe God was all I had, it also became, he's all I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Lord yeah. is all I really need. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on the hospital bed and it's wheels up time and you're heading into the, you know, the surgery center, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's sort of been a longing, I guess, in my heart. You know, is that is it is that the Lord would continue to do that in me uh, throughout this journey? Yeah. Well, he. I can see um, <clears throat> in you a tremendous um, journey of faith, and and people around you. You know, and I don't mean to put pressure on you because mm-hmm. uh, you know um, the last thing someone needs to, to feel when they're suffering is that they have to act out in front of everyone and be the perfect Christian, but. It's obvious in in your life now. I know that we have um, prayer warriors listening mm. right now all around the country, mm. and they're going to want to pray for you. Yeah. So where are you right now, and how can they pray? So here would be the greatest prayer request, um, and I'll give them maybe a succession, maybe three things. Yeah. One is um, we had a, a blood draw a couple of weeks ago that was a part of this clinical trial. And I think they drew it as a as a baseline, mm-hmm. and yet the preceding blood draw several weeks earlier had been not a negative value, not a zero value, which would have been amazing, but it was 0.07. And so what could be really interesting, uh, and it would just be amazing, and it would be just like God, and he'd be right on time, is as we're preparing to start this trial, that that blood draw that we had two weeks ago would actually come back with a zero, with a negative value that I believe would actually preclude us from mm-hmm. stepping forward in the trial and good. might give us a moment of pause. Yeah. Right. So that that okay, probably would be the, the biggest thing between now and and next week. Okay. Would just be negative pray blood for, values. Yeah. Yeah. Pray for a negative uh, blood test. Okay. And and your family too uh, mm. to pray for your family. Your wife is. Uh, an amazing woman. She's the children's director here at Ridgewood. Yeah. Uh, she is a um, an amazing leader, um, an amazing woman. But 
it is hard to be the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I often ask her, you know, hey, hey, caregiver, <laughs> from one caregiver to another, how are you really doing? And it's hard, you know, because yeah. she hurts for you and she hurts for your kids. And and so we need to be praying for her name is Lori. Yep. So yeah, we need to pray for Lori. Yeah. And I can tighten that up just a yeah. touch, too, in terms mm-hmm. of specificity. I mean, yeah. I think um, <clears throat> she loves what she's doing here. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that over and well, over Well, she over has over a again. great boss. <laughs> she has the best I boss. A hundred percent. She, uh, you know, in, in some ways, I think would say uh, she's just the most unlikely person in some ways. Right. To be doing what she's doing. And isn't that just like God? And yeah. so I would just say, you know, for those that are listening that would pray for her, just pray, you know, the, um, you know, the, the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Just continue to pray, right, that she just continues to trust in God, that he's mm-hmm. going to provide, you know, that he's prepared her and that he's equipping her and he's going to continue to provide for her and her role. Mm-hmm. And then alongside that, just the, the you know, the uh, the tension that I think a lot of women feel um, who, like in Lori's case, has spent most of her life um, being a mom, right? And it's it's always been her most important job. And and she's such a great mom, yeah. right? And, and just, um, you know, maybe I would say pray for her, you know, just to give herself, you know, the grace that she has done a great job. Mm-hmm. She is doing a great job. Nobody's asking her to do it perfectly, Right. So pray yep. for her in those ways. Pray for rest for her. Mm-hmm. And then just continue to pray for protection, yeah. you know, for our kids. You know, they have. You have, have great kids. Oh, man. Great kids. Well, and they're they're getting mm-hmm. invested in heavily here. Mm-hmm. And um, just for them, it's, you know, that they continue to trust God. Right. As we as we as we enter into this next season, you know, dad's going to be doing this clinical trial, God willing, and mm-hmm. taking some medicine. And there are going to be some days when dad's, you know, fatigue or whatever. Right. And just pray that, you know, they continue to see God and trust God in all of that as well. OK, we have um, we have two minutes. OK. All right. Um, as you look ahead now to the, the near future and the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. OK. How confident are you that God is going to stay around? Mm. <laughs> I'm very confident. Mm-hmm. I'm very confident. You know, the um you know, the, the scriptures talk about, you know, and it, this gets thrown around a little bit. I don't mean to sound cliche here, but you know, the grip, right, that mm-hmm. that the Lord has on us that's stronger than our grip on him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm very confident in that. I'm very call I'm very confident in the calling, you know, that God has put on my life. Um, and that um, that he's going to keep me. We just talked about this right mm-hmm. on on Sunday. I mean, God yeah. calls us beloved, and he he says, uh, as as you were sharing from the Book of Jude, that that we're kept. Yeah, right. I'm very. I just really mm-hmm. believe yeah. the word, and I believe the promises of God. And he's just done far too much for us to begin doubting. Right. I mean, um, here's here's another adage. I'll just say this maybe as a last thing on that is uh, somebody said. Uh, the older that we get, the more faith we should have. Why? Because we've seen the faithfulness of God, and we've seen yeah, it. Yeah, that's we great. We've seen it. That's great. And, and that's why in the Old Testament they built monuments everywhere, mm-hmm. because the next traveler could look and go, oh, look what God did. Yeah. And that's what we need, and that's why you journal a lot, and that's yeah. in the morning I'm, I'm jotting notes in my Bible, and I don't want to forget mm-hmm. what is God doing today, because I know I need that for encouragement tomorrow. And I want my kids to read my Bible someday, that's it. and I want them to see it. Yeah. For themselves. That's it for me, too. 
You're a good man, David. Thank you for having the courage to share your story. Well, we, we will be praying for you, and I know, I know our audience is going to pray as well. And we'll give them an update down the road, too, okay. so they know. Okay. And, Thank um, you. Yeah, and, and just, uh, you know, you're running a great race, and you've got a ton of people who love you, so thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. You know, we were talking about prayer and talking about the power of God, and um, there's this wonderful, wonderful passage in James 5, 16, that I've clung to a lot in my life, um, and I've, uh, I'll just read it for you. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Um, or I like the NIV better here. Um, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And, you know, that's both spiritual and physical healing. And... Um, but there's a confidence there in the writing of James, who, by the way, is Jude's brother. Um, we just talked about Jude, um, that God is going to answer. He is going to intervene. There is a power there that's working. And so you may look at your life circumstances. You may have a child that you're really concerned about or, your, or a spouse, or you may be concerned about your health or your job or finances in this very difficult time. And you'd be wondering, Lord, I don't see any way this is going to work. I would just encourage you to pray and just continue to pray and wait and watch because God is in the business of showing up. And so be encouraged by that thought today. Hey, I want to also encourage you to check out the video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. I want to thank Faith Radio for allowing us this platform. And you can look at all of their programming at MyFaithRadio.com. They've got a tremendous amount of podcasts and other things to choose from. And you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church, too, at MyRWC.org. Thanks so much for checking in and listening, and we'll catch you next time on Life Support. Life Support is a presentation of Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota, and Five Stone Media. listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support